All right, that was a pretty subpar. Uh, I was getting ready to call that out, but that's all right. It was it was PNSMO. Yeah, but anyway, it works. Uh, we're back and we're sticking with our south down seventy five trend. Uh, we hit up Anya last time, so we're kind of doing his partner in crime and another member of the the southern stage, uh, Mister TJ Choquette, as I was corrected in uh, the pronunciation of his last name. But like we we're just saying, like we don't really. Don't really introduce ourselves. Like I've never gone up to somebody in the marching band world and be like, "Hello, my name is Evan Walsh." Like, "Hey, I'm Evan, man. What's up?" But anyway, for me, I'm different on that. Too many people know me as Fantini, so everyone knows my last name. True, but But you also go by Fantini sometimes. Like people like, "Hey, Fantini." That's true. So that's true. What about Mikey Midrange? Do people still call that? You what? Know? <laughs> uh, what is Mikey Midrange? I never, never told you this. this. That was my nickname no. on tour because we played basketball all the time. So the snare line no. at Bluecoats had gym cleaning duty during the season. And we'd kick everybody out after we were packing up during EPL and we'd have the empty gym. So we basically stole, I'm pretty sure stole a basketball from one of the schools and just kept it with us on the bus. And we would just play pickup games or horse or whatever. And they figured out pretty quickly that I had a pretty solid mid-range jump shot. Um, that's about all I could do. But I could knock him down. <laughs> was it was it you or Taha, TJ, that gave me that nickname? Tom Gasparini would always hit the corner. But, gonna, never, but that's, that's going to stay for, for a while. But anyway, we got TJ, man. What's going on? How's the, how's the weather down south? <laughs> it's good. It's cold, but probably not as cold as, as where you're at, so... We we missed out all that snow. I know North Carolina got damn blizzarded on. But yeah, they got blasted. They got hammered. It's like it was fifty eight here today. So it yeah, it was pretty bad. warm in Kentucky. It wasn't that yeah. cold. we're like low, probably low fifties, high forties as a high somewhere in there. I'll take that for December. Do you guys in Georgia have a lot of below freezing temperature in the winter? Yeah, as yeah, low. I mean, yeah, as a low, we'll get down to below freezing. We'll go down to the twenties quite okay. often, but. You know, normally it's not too bad. All right. Well, before we let TJ formally introduce himself, let's go ahead and intro this sucker. Uh, welcome, everyone, to the Aged Out Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Fantini, or Mikey Midrange, as you just found out. And with me, as always, is... Evan Worrell. And I honestly can't think of a nickname that uh, holds up to Mikey Midrange. So, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Now, I have to, now, next time I'm in Richmond, Kentucky, I'm going to have to shoot ball with you and show you... Oop, we'll see. Yep, we'll figure it out. So TJ, anyway, TJ, welcome, my man. Hello. I'm gonna crack a Lacroix. I don't drink beer, but I got a Lacroix. So let okay. me see if I can add some ambiance. Dude, oh, the God. only thing I ever hear about Lacroix is like people on Twitter making Ooh. extremely bad uh, comparisons of Lacroix to like anything in life. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, most Lacroix sucks, man. There's one good flavor. What's the flavor? Flavor, pomplemousse, which is a word for grapefruit, apparently. So, Interesting. Grapefruit, that's it. I've had lime; it's terrible. Orange is awful. Grapefruit gets the job done. Pomplemousse. Good to know. It's a new one. Good I don't even that. know that's if like... that's how it's pronounced. I'm just guessing the a is an ah sound. Could be pamplemousse, but that sounds worse. <laughs> that sounds way worse. Uh, sounds gross. But anyway, welcome, man. Uh, thanks for like uh, like we said for joining us and trying to have you on and get some keep going with a different perspective and kind of give the fans a little bit more background on people from different geographies and different uh, different parts of the country. 
Yep. So if you want, go ahead, introduce yourself, talk about where you've marched, uh, where you've taught, what years, and we'll just go from there. Sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, TJ Choquette. I live down here in Atlanta. Been here for like 24 years. Prior to that, I was in Seattle, but grew up here predominantly. Um, Not very Southern, but I've, you know, been here. Um, Growing up, I guess before Blue Coats, I went to the the great North Forsyth High School. I would say that's where I started drumming. I guess I started drumming in um, middle school, but uh, I I initially wanted to be a trumpet player because my sister was a trumpet player. Um, And then I decided I wanted to be a, a snare drummer. And the funniest thing is I went to, like, the, the sixth grade audition, right? And they make you play, like, paradiddles and all that stuff, and I was awful. I was just an abysmal percussionist. And, like, they said, nah. And then I played trumpet. I was actually pretty good. Like, my embouchure, whatever that is, seemed <laughs> to be better than what they expected. And they were like, you should play trumpet. <laughs> yeah, but somehow my sister talked me into not playing trumpet because I don't think she wanted me to play the same instrument as her for some reason. So I ended up drumming. Um, so I went to North Forsyth High School. In a little suburb of Atlanta, marched some bass drum, little boy on a giant bass drum when I was a freshman, and then eventually played uh, snare drum there. Let's see, after uh, I graduated, I went to the, the University of Georgia, UGA, go dogs, um, and that's kind of where I got my first introduction to college bands. And I guess this is kind of a, a running motif in like my life is every time I go out to like a new thing, whether it's college band or DCI, I always massively overrate how good I think people are. Cause like growing up in high school, I didn't know I was good. Like I just worked my ass off and, you know, seemed pretty good for a high schooler. But like, I always thought like DCI was crazy. WGI, these dudes were nuts. I thought that was like never attainable. Well, Cause they look like robots. When you right? watch all those videos, they look like superheroes to you. They're like your idols. Yeah, they look incredible, right? Like, growing up, I watched, like, I think BDO3, The Phenomenon of Cool, was, like, the first drum video I ever saw. And it was the one with them in the lot with those reefed-ass snare drums in the opener, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah they just got all these songs, and they're trading, and they're splitting singles, and yep. doing back sticks, and that's, I mean, that's a pretty stacked talent-wise group to, to witness, though. So. It was, yeah, it was nuts, man, and, like, that's kind of what inspired me in high school was like watching bdo3 there was uh, there was a cavaliers line where they had little hi hats hi hats mounted on their snares in like early the early 2000s do you remember that year it's like 2001 or was it 01 i think it was niagara falls or is either one of those shows yeah it was something yeah it was 01 it was nasty i loved it and then like frameworks i saw and like that really got me going um you know and growing up through high school like i learned all the all the beats I learned like a Cavaliers '95 lick, you know. I learned the BD like '99 spree and all this stuff, and it was like before even like snare science was a thing, right? It was like drum hard. Did you ever ever go to drum dude hard? drum hard and drum corpse planet uh, was like the forum they post people post stuff. Yeah, I remember yeah. drum hard. Yeah, so that's kind of how I got good, right? I, I I learned under a guy in high school who marched Boston in like '03. Uh, and he was a good teacher. He exposed me to a lot of stuff. Um, but but a lot of it was me kind of just teaching myself traditional. Like, we were a match script school, and I was like, yo, I want to do DCI. Can we just do traditional? He's like, yeah. So I was like, all right. So I taught myself that I was terrible. Uh, and then eventually you just kind of get decent at it, I guess. 
And, like, the way I got good, I think, was just, like, practicing all these BD things, all these Cavalier things, right? So to kind of zoom forward, I put these people on a pedestal, right? I thought they were incredible. Uh, and when I went to UGA, like, I figured it was the same thing, right? College band, 90,000 people, football team is sick. Like, these guys are going to be the best of the best. And, like, I show up and just, like, no, no, <laughs> not one bit, right? So there was, like, two or three good vets and then just, like, a lot of crap. So I'm sitting there, like, and I, I realized it as I was warming up. Like, we're all on pads, like, waiting to get put on a drum. And I'm just, like, looking at these people's hands. I'm like, damn, like, this is not good, right? So eventually, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, and that's, like, a that's a motif. Like, every time I go to a, a new place, whether it's WGI or, or DCI, like, I always think these guys are going to be incredible. And I'm glad I kind of thought that because, like, that's what kept me working hard is because I don't think I ever knew I was good until, like, I showed up somewhere. I was like, damn, okay, I'm not bad. Um but yeah, so I did UGA, go dogs. Did the did the drum line there for two years. I got spit on by an LSU fan. Nice, oh, very got, nice. I got spit dude. on by a South Carolina fan, and an LSU fan poured beer on me. That was dude, cool. I've heard LSU fans are the worst. Dude, like their the fan worst. base is terrible. Yeah, no, they're off. Dude, I I bet that would be kind of like fun though, even though it was not technically technical drumming or like this perfected thing just going to those games with like a hundred thousand people just screaming and being able to cheer i mean getting free games probably got some free gear oh no. yeah no it's hype it's definitely fun you definitely get worse though you definitely get worse 100 <laughs> percent. but it's a lot of fun right being on the field it's loud as hell you know and and um orientate the orientations we'll call them right you, when you're a rookie and you get oriented to the group we use that word and and um <laughs> in, in apostrophes there. In we can talk about quotations. Yeah, right. So, so that's yeah, fun, yeah. right? You get the new freshman and get a do your thing there. So, I mean, it's a lot of fun, but um, no, it's it's just it's not very good, right? I guess you have some good ones. Jack there's State. a couple. There's a couple good college Western lines, Carolina. Not many, not many at all. Right. So I did I that. Bet there's like one per state. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. That's generous. That seems generous. Yeah. Uh, but. <laughs> I did that for two years, and, like, I thought it would be incredible, but it was just fun, right? And then I did WGI. Um, I started with a group called Pariah. Uh, we were open class. My best friend, my best man, actually, Zach Marshall, uh, who is now the, the visual guy in Atlanta Quest. Um, what year was that? It was 09 is when I started. So I went to UGA, and a lot of the UGA guys did Pariah. Um so I went to Pariah, and the same thing, man. They came in, like, 08. They were world-class. I think they came in, like, 16th, the first group out of finals, right? So I, I thought all these dudes are going to be awesome because the, the, the couple people I thought, you know, I knew that marched it. Zach Marshall um, was on the UGA snare line. Another guy named Austin Weehunt, who actually went to my high school. He was there, too. And I thought it was going to be awesome, but I went out and, like, kind of the same thing. Like, they were all just pretty good. Um not incredible. And I was like, damn, all right. So I guess I can do stuff. So I did that in 09 and we won world champs. It's my only world championship, baby. Open class. And the way we won, we, we started in world class and we're so bad. We got kicked <laughs> out. We got kicked out. Um, demoted. Yeah, we got, we got demoted. We went to the Indy Regional and that was 09. So that was Touch and that was um, Totem. Totem, we, yeah. yeah, but no, Mystique, Mystique was there too, and their show, the the death one, um, yeah, Requiem, 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 Requiem yep. right? And what Requiem actually 
beat the hell out of Touch because Touch was kind of whack in the beginning of the season. Um, but we went out they were there really dirty. Yeah, they were <laughs> yeah. dirty at finals, dude. Yeah, ah, come on. We went out there and we competed against them, and we dropped like a 67, 64, or something like that. And Mystique won with like a twenty, with like a ninety-one. They beat us by like twenty-five points, <laughs> and we were like, all right. So we got Jeez. kicked out. I don't know if they consulted us or if we like did it ourselves, but we got kicked out of world class. Um, but it was cool because I won. You know, I, I won. The championship of the world. It was really fun. So open class. I forget because we competed against you guys that year. I was like, Chase oh, yeah. Creek. Yeah, man. Was we that the, the robot bro- show? We got the yeah, we got the bronze. That was the robot show. Oh, that's when you started with like eight bars of just like twelve to six paradiddle diddles. Yeah, it was a bunch of paradiddles and putters, and they were yeah. just like, yeah, just play it loud, and I was like, can do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, we beat. We had an easy book, man. That show is easy, but I guess it was transparent and made sense. So we won. That was fun. And the next year, I did another year of Pariah, same thing. But we came in like fifth, sixth, seventh, something like that. Um, and then in 2011, there was at the time like three groups. This is kind of funny. Three groups in Georgia. There was a world class group, Odyssey, who was the jam like back in 05, 06. They came in like fifth. I forgot or they started the shorty snares with Yamaha. Trends. They did, man. They did, and they had a couple like. I, their 06 snare break was nasty. It was so cool. And then they kind of like started fading off. 07, 08, you know, kind of went away. Um, there was Pariah, which was us. And then there was Atlanta Quest, who was doing their own thing. Uh, and the funniest thing, man, Atlanta Quest was always Pariah's whipping boy, man. Like, they never beat us, ever. No matter how confident they were, Atlanta Quest never beat Pariah. I think they beat us one time in, like, prelims of a show, and then we beat them in finals. Over, like, years and years. Uh, it's kind of funny that I kicked their ass for, like, years, and now I'm part of that organization. <laughs> um, but Pariah and Odyssey merged because I guess they wanted to consolidate the talent. And I agree. I think we had, like, too many groups for the little amount of talent that we had at the time. So they made a group called Terminus Atlanta Percussion. Um, did you guys ever see That's this a mouthful. I think I remember group. that group. I think we I were, the name rings a bell. We were sad clowns. <laughs> did you ever see the clown show i have not seen that no no oh, really? oh man that thank thank god thankful yeah so that group actually the talent was good somehow i like recruited a, a kid from cadets to come march snare um you know we had a bunch of dudes that ended up at like blue coats and spirit in boston and they're teaching a lot of places now the dudes that run um equinox like they came out of that group um but we had great tech staff but like the design was just whack and we were just like sad clowns, faces painted. It was just a really embarrassing show. Um, our first show, we got like an 82. Our last show, we got like a 76. We got like six points worse. What? <laughs> over, <laughs> what? Over, over the year. How does that yeah. happen? I don't know. We went to Spartanburg, WGI, and got like an 82. And then in finals, we came second to last. We beat Freedom. Take that, Freedom. Um <laughs> You guys remember the, the, the group Evolution Percussion? I, I do remember Evolution. Yeah, yeah. We were the only group not named Freedom they ever beat. Oh, my god. We were the second group to ever lose to them. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I was the center snare of that. I, I was the Captain Clown, I like to call myself. Um, that's, a, that's a big joke down here. Everyone remembers that line in Georgia and makes fun of it, like, nonstop. So, that's a lot of fun. So that was my build-up to eventually marching the good lines that I marched, which were, <laughs> which were Mystique and, uh, and Blue Coast. 
And funnily enough, I would say the clean, fun, the, the cleanest snare line I was ever on before I got to Mystique was probably my high school's senior year snare line. It was nasty. It nice. was, there was only three of us, but um, yeah. So I, I did Mystique. Clean is clean. Yeah, it's clean. Yeah, it baby. Um, I did Mystique twelve and thirteen. Twelve was New Tribe. Uh, not not rib. Not rib. Not rib. Yeah. Uh, like, did you guys call it that at X? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you get that was your guys' light show, right? Yeah. Yeah. You guys played some cheeses. We did play some cheeses. We played some uh, really dude, I watched that video not that long ago. We played some cheeses. Those were yeah. like at like one weren't they one ninety something, Evan? It's like one ninety two. I don't something. know how we did it. I can't yeah. move my hands that fast. I don't know how that happened. That was a, that was the light show. There was it was a very uh grandioso idea that was executed uh on a minimal budget (laughs) yeah dude it was it was a prime example of the whole audition right after the auditions ended they set the group and all the spots and they were telling us the idea and the tims had some incredible ideas like we were all talking after rehearsal and stuff on weekends like man if they can pull this off this is going to be a show nobody ever forgets and then we get into the season, realize we have zero dollars, and a lot of this stuff logistically just isn't possible. And uh, it kind of just spiraled yeah. downward from there. That stinks. But we had a good snare line. So. Yeah, it was a fun fun group you of 10 have dudes. 10 here? Or 11? Yeah. yeah, we had 10. It's a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot of snare guts. Yep. Yeah, so I did, I did Nut Rib, apparently, is what y'all called it. New Tribe. I was on the end of that. Um,. That show was crazy, man. That show was so hard. And then the next year was Taboo. Um, came up there. Suits, suits, right? The yeah. suits, baby. Yeah. yeah, much more comfortable than looking like a like a ballerina or a, a figure skater the year before. <laughs> I think, like, if you just looked at one of us by ourselves in a vacuum, we just look like figure skaters. Um, <laughs> so I'm glad I didn't have to wear that again. But no, yeah. So I wore the suit. Came in third that year. Almost went to X, actually, in 13. Almost won. Yeah, nice. Tom and Tom and Joe probably were. I know Kevin Lewandowski did from that 12 line. Why, did you go? Huh? Why didn't you go? Uh, I was done. I, I finished the summer in 2012, and I was honestly just... Josh called me about September. I was walking back to my dorm on campus, and I just told him. I was like, man, I, I don't want to do it anymore. The P, I mean, Evan aged out. The symbol player from Kentucky that was doing it wasn't doing it, I don't think. Logan didn't do 13, right, Evan? No, I don't think so. No. There were a couple other, like Kevin Hankins and oops, Aaron Ferris, that's, uh, that were doing it. But uh, You could have marched 14, too, right? I, yeah, Where's I could have done 13 and 14. Oh, you had that, that the bonus. double year, the bonus yeah. year. Yeah, and um, I almost, I really considered coming back and doing 14. Um but it was one of those things I just didn't want to make the two-and-a-half-hour drive every weekend. Um, and I'm, if I'm being honest, my experience in 11 and 12 wasn't incredible. Those yeah. two years are kind of like a dark period from a show design, administrative standpoint. Um, so I kind of... Well, we almost folded in 2012. Yeah, we did. <laughs> so, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. We didn't rehearse for almost the entire month of December because we didn't have anywhere to rehearse. Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah, so it's just a combination of a lot of things. And I never regretted it once, except 
when I was sitting in the stands watching their finals run. In 13? Yeah. That was the only time I really was like, man, I kind of wish I'd done that. But I kind of knew they were going to win. I called they were going to win. I saw some early season rehearsal videos and figured out what the show was in like January. And I was like, this is going to be awesome. Man, we beat them in Indy. Well, they weren't that clean. They weren't super clean. Just the show, just like Touch, it kind of carried them uh, from a GE standpoint. And they were good. I'm not saying they weren't a good drumline, because they obviously were. But they weren't, like, piss clean by any means. Yeah, yeah. Did did the New Tribe show, did you march barefoot that show? Yeah, man. Dude, how was that? No, thank you. Yeah, we didn't know we were marching barefoot. Like, because Mantra, they did. And this year... We went to the first show in Dayton or Indy, right? And we compete. And I think y'all beat us in prelims, and we lost. And we wore shoes in there. I think they had us in marching shoes. And I guess they got the comment of like, "Nah, don't do that." From the judges. So that night we go back to our rehearsal site, and they they're like, "All right, here we go. Take off the shoes." And we had to do like a three hour practice, just barefoot, oh my and just gosh. like jump in like that. Three for, hours yeah, marching, first, and playing barefoot for the first. It may not be three hours, but it, the first time it was like, "Here we go." And like you, it hurts. It, I'm but sure it does. We never, we never practiced like that again. We just wore no shoes just for the runs from there. Um, in finals, it's not bad, right? Because finals has that like cushion, that cushion, it's like the padding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like every other place, it's it's gym floors, and it was really just that first rehearsal where we're like, Jesus Christ, like this sucks. Like it yeah. was, it was so painful. But it was only, it was just the one time thing, and then then we went out. In finals, hoping the lack of shoe would, you know, propel us to beat X, and then we didn't. But, um, but yeah. then that that season swung at uh, WKU. For yeah, you guys. Yeah, we did. I, yeah, that was good. I, man, RCC that year. That's one of my favorite shows ever. Twelve. Yeah, yeah dude, that's a good show. The War Show. Yep. The Gift. Unbelievable. Great show. Dude, that the moment where they have like this the silence where like the ears are ringing and they're yeah. doing that like punching <gasps> and uh, yeah. Dude. So sick. It's a very cool show. Yeah. So, I guess I did. Yeah, I did Mystique twelve, and then in between I did Blue Coats, obviously with with you, mm-hmm. Mikey Range. Yeah. Um, best experience of my life, I would say, from a you know a marching perspective, and then went Dude, back. We were worried for a minute. Spring training, those shin splints you had. Jesus. Yeah. Those were nasty. It was bad, dude. It was bad. But Man, there there was actually now. Granted, that drum line was a lot of old men. Um, the whole snare line, except for Joe Woody, were age outs. And I know, like, Anya had a bunch of knee problems that whole summer, and you had shin splints for, like, three weeks of spring training? Did they just it, go away no, randomly? It was like the – no, so it was like the third week, I think. Yeah, where they were terrible, and I had to, like, roll them out and constantly yep. do – but what we did, right, is because we warmed up on that tennis court and did, like, a bunch of plyometric jumping stuff and, like, yeah. fast twitch agility things uh, on, like, that hard surface. Mm-hmm. And I, I stopped doing that. And then we would go on those runs, and I kind of stopped doing that as well because that was on uh, the concrete. I stopped that for like a week and a half, and then they were fine and didn't come back. Yeah, so I mean, that's the way you fix shin splints. You have to rest. You've got to rest your, your lower leg muscles, and running on concrete and is not a good thing for that. Yeah. Thankfully, yeah. you guys didn't have a uh, super demanding visual package that year. <laughs> yeah, dude. That drill <laughs> no, was okay. so easy. Man, yeah, especially coming from Mystique that year, and like Mystique was so hard in 2012. Like that show was so hard, 
And then I went to to Coates, and there was like a, a learning adjustment period for me because it was my first drum corps experience. Yeah. So like I, I I definitely was getting my ass kicked in the beginning, but yeah, by the middle and by the end of spring training, everything was a breeze. Yep. So. <laughs> yep. That was never my drum corps experience. Yeah, you anywhere. were you were in crowned is running around 500 miles per hour. Dude, I don't know if you knew this, TJ, but I almost marched crowned in tw- in 2012. Really? I, uh, I was three or four days out from the November camp, and I'd been telling Josh Bricky that who was the battery coordinator that year, whatever he was. That I was I was coming there, and I changed my mind. I had a Facebook conversation with T Gas, and he pretty much I didn't want to learn Crown's packet. It was super long and complicated, and Tom kind of just convinced me to go to Bluecoats. And uh, and once spring training started, I I knew Frankie, and I'd met Andy Kim before, and Zach Janczewski, and I'd texting with them during spring training, and they were like, "Dude, our drill fucking blows." Pardon my French. Dude, um, I. Remember- we, I think it was the first show. No, it was the second show, right? We had the show in Akron. The second show was in Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. And we were watching them from. They were went on right before us, and we were watching them from the the end zone. And do you, I remember who I was with. It was like a couple snare drummers. We were just watching their drill in the opener. Like, oh god. Oh my god! Like this is <laughs> night and day. Like, what? This is, they move more in the opener than we move the entire show. Yeah, I already knew during spring training <laughs> I made the right decision going to Bluecoats for that summer. But yeah. after I saw it, I was like, oh, thank God I didn't do that. Yeah. No, That's that was, funny. That was nuts. I mean, obviously you guys weren't even uh, worn out enough to have your late night basketball sessions. That was never a thought in my <laughs> spring training days. I was like, please let me lay down. Dude, we had some pretty serious five-on-five pickup games during EPL. It Man, was, they were awesome. It was fun. It was so fun. Do you remember when we swam in that pool? Was it, were you with us, Fantini? Like yeah, the it was Wisconsin. Day? It was Wisconsin, wasn't it? Wasn't that the day where it was so hot? Ensemble, you could see the heat coming off the turf. And then we didn't have Ensemble. They just like, all right, production run of the intro. All right, go sit in the shade for 10 minutes. Come back and do the next chart and so on and so forth. Is that what no, you're talking there, about? No, there's that one day. There's that one day in Wisconsin where it wasn't Wisconsin, but we did circle drill like 50 times. Oh. And then... And then Tim Jackson that. sent us away to warm up and be back in 30 minutes. But instead of warming up, we just went over there. We laid on the ground. And then two by two, we, we jumped oh, into that yeah. person's swimming pool in the back of their house. <laughs> and then came back. I do remember that. I, yeah. I watched we, it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Oh, you didn't do it. And then we met no. the, lady with the, the lady that brought us knockoff Gatorades. I do remember I, that. <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> what is knockoff Gatorade? Is it like Powerade? Like, no, it's knockoff Powerade. <laughs> i don't know it was crazy right. that day was awesome but you do know the day i'm talking about right where the staff hooked up the, the school had a swimming pool i remember in tennessee like we went to a public pool yeah we did that one too but this was a different pool up in wisconsin we were oh. we had a turf field the school was super big and nice and the drum staff snuck the drum line oh yes we got in trouble we did get in trouble yeah, me and Chase. I remember me, Chase, and someone else got caught. Yep. Yeah. Apparently, you guys had too many pool days to keep them all straight. Yeah, we had a few. It was fun. We also we also cut a visual block. Like the snare line just didn't go to a visual block in the morning one day. We just watched YouTube videos, snuck on the food truck, and then played Twitch on the on the bench. Yep. Nice. Productive. Yep. That's how you come in second, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's what you do if you want to lose to Blue Devils. Uh, I know, I know, I know about that too. So 
Yeah. We could all we could all raise our hand if we were second to Blue Devils. So. Yep. And my my whole thing, man, is I just wanted to play Blue Devils in basketball, five on five. We'd have beat them for the championship. Yeah, like you one hundred percent would have beat them. That's fine. I want to play you in basketball. I want like, me like, a point so guard. Here's the lineup. Here's the lineup. T Gas, Taha, you, me, and Aaron Ferris. Yep. And then Anya and Chase in there too. To 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 come off the bench or whatever rotation. Chase just gets in there and plays D. Yep. He was scrappy. He was was (laughs) a scrappy dude, man. That's for the trophy. Yeah, that was yeah. We would have won. So did so did B Day B D win overall and drums that year, and you guys were second overall and second drums. No, we got like sixth. The quarter got like sixth. Sixth overall. Uh, okay, okay. The second drums. Yeah. But anyway, so this kind of segues into my next. So BD won the Fred Samper. So then they should have a trophy for second place now, I feel like. No. Don't get all PC on me, Evan. Yeah, come on now. No participation <laughs> trophies. Well, it was kind of like a joke based on the photo I stalked on your Facebook earlier with you and the Shiva. Oh. <laughs> Dude, so how did that happen? She's just walking around down at retreat and you see her on the field? So, yeah, the Shiva, right? So Shiva is Janine she's a Shiva is a character if you yeah. don't know if you're listening from the league right the league is a show it was a show on FX about, about fantasy, fantasy football, football. Yeah. right yeah and it's just funny and she's like this character that they all like worship because she, she used to be like ugly in high school and they made fun of her but now she's kind of hot I don't know it doesn't make sense um it's funny though yeah it's funny in in context I guess uh, but she marched I guess Phantom and she was just there in Indy checking out finals and she was there at our age out ceremony, right? And she uh, was just talking to people. And they have this thing in the league where they Shiva blaster, which is it sounds gross, right? But basically, they just like get on their knees and like scream her full name, her like full, I think Indian name. I don't know. It could be Indian. I'm not sure. Shiva Kamini Sona Skanda Krom, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and that's just like a running motif in, in the show. And I met her, um, and this is going to ruin it for some people, because a lot of people thought it was organic, where I just like, I went up to her and just Shiva blasted her and screamed it from the top of my lungs right behind her. <laughs> but it, it wasn't. We choreographed it. I went up to her and I asked her, hey, can I, can I Shiva blast you? Um, and she was like, <laughs> sure, that'd be so funny. And then like we just kind of <laughs> planned, planned out the scene. So on, it's a little forced but no one knows that until right now well but it was funny because i just this is what i usually do when we have a guest i'll like do some research and look back through facebook because you can usually find funny things and i saw that and then i was like well what's this chick doing there anyway and so i looked her up and her her real name is like janina gabankar yeah i butcher the pronunciation of that but like you said she like tried out for phantom ended up like going to like yale school of drama which obviously worked out super well for her um And then I saw something else where she, like, remade this song with, like, it's, like, on YouTube with, like, Jersey Surf's brass line and drum line and pit and stuff. And she's, like, playing marimba. I was like, this is hilarious. <laughs> so, um, man, I tried to, uh, so she actually DM'd me on on Twitter out of nowhere. Um, and I don't know how she found me. I think I told her my name or maybe someone tagged it. But she DM'd me. Like, maybe a couple days after, they said, oh, my God, someone posted it already. And then, like, sent me this YouTube video of, of me doing it, right? There's a, a YouTube video. I think it's just, like, Blue Coat does a Shiva Blast. Yeah, right? Oh, it's got 14,000. 
It's got 14,000 <laughs> views. That's a lot of views. <laughs> That's right. Awesome. So she, so she messages me. I'm like, oh my god, I gotta shoot my shot, right? I gotta shoot my shot. So like, I said something flirty, and then she goes, killed it. Congrats on it. Or I said, I said like, thank you. That was so fun. Glad to meet you. She goes, killed it. Congrats on one hell of a season. And then I like try to keep the conversation going, and she just ghosted me. Oh. <laughs> this, it was my one chance with the Shut with down. the match. Right. At least she didn't shy away from it. That's she didn't true. block. She didn't block me though. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a one up. That's a win. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's a win. You've had some other interesting uh, celebrity run-ins recently too. Before I guess this Ooh. is going to sidetrack us. But before we uh, before we like start getting back into drums, you recently um, you're in the FIFA, right? Big in the FIFA. Love FIFA. Love FIFA. So you recently played a celebrity in a fifa match like in person right not like over the whatever xbox live or ps4 channel or whatever yeah so. no yeah i totally in person in his hotel room yeah so it's a dude named chad ochocinco oh uh, are you serious yeah chad yeah so <laughs> that's chad awesome. johnson that's yeah, awesome. Chad Johnson was a, a former All-Pro, Pro Bowl wide receiver for the Bengals, right? Right up in y'all's yep. neck of the woods. Yep. And they he's could a big, use Yeah, <laughs> he's a big FIFA player, right? He plays a lot of – FIFA is a soccer game on, like, PS3 or PS4 or whatever. And he always just, like, shit talks people on Twitter. And this, like, when he goes to a new town, he'll just, like, tweet something out. It's like, yo, I'm, I'm here – Come play me in FIFA, I'll whoop your ass. And he goes like, hashtag FIFA King. He thinks he's the shit, right? So he's kind of intimidating. I think he's probably pretty good. But every time he is somewhere, he always posts that. So for years, every time he shows up in Atlanta and says that, like, oh, my friend or I will post something like, come on, bitch, like, bring it, right? And then he never responds. Come um, get these sticks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> come catch these hands, fool. Um, but sometimes, somehow this happened to where, like, the first comment on it was my friend saying, Yo, Chad, my boy TJ will waste you, blah, 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 right? And I have no idea. And then Chad Ochocinco responds on Twitter. It was like, let's do it or something. Like, shoot me a DM. So I shot him a message, and I'm like, hey, man, like, where you at? Let's do this. He's like, hey, I got to go. Funnily enough, his daughter is, like, one of the fastest 12-year-old girls, like, in the entire country. She, like, races track. So she had a Not a surprising. Track. <laughs> yeah, she had a track race here in a, or a track meet. In, in Atlanta, she was like, "I gotta go do that when I get back. Here's my hotel room. Meet me here at the Omni Hotel in 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 this city in Atlanta, uh, this neighborhood in Atlanta. We'll we'll meet up and play." He's like, "Bring the Xbox or bring whatever. We'll play you." So I show up and I'm trying to get up to the lobby and like, there's a bunch of celebrities down in this lobby. There's like Carlos Boozer, who's a former NBA All Star mm -hmm. for the, the 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 Bulls. There was some other football player just chilling there. And somehow I get up to this dude's room, and actually my buddy who tag who tagged me in it, in Zach Marshall again, he's a recurring friend from UGA and Mystique and all that. He's up there with me. Um, yeah, and I go up and I meet him, and he's like so funny on on social media, and like he was this giant personality in on the NFL or in the NFL. And meeting him in person, he was a lot more reserved, and he was like super serious about beating me. Like he didn't want to, like we small talked a little bit, but he didn't want to make jokes. He didn't want to like. Fuck around. He just wanted to beat me in FIFA. And he listens to the commentary exclusively in Spanish, which I thought was funny because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't really even like fully speak it. He just likes the experience of Spanish, I think. Um, so anyway, so we play three times. 
I beat him twice. Do we play twice? I think we played three times. I think he beat me once. I beat him twice. Um, and it was in person. It was a lot of fun. And then we left. And then I hit him up to play again, and he just kind of Janina Govan cars me and doesn't mm. respond. He just goes. <laughs> he didn't want to get worked again. You bruised yeah. his ego, man. And he always posts when he whoops people's asses on, on Twitter. Or on Twitter, He's like, yo, I, I'm the FIFA king. But I've realized, like, he probably loses more than I thought he does. He just doesn't post when he loses. Yeah, yeah. Hides so. it. Exactly. It's like when you went to drum corps camp. It's like, oh, I'm better at this than I thought. That's He's right. not as good as I thought. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Of running that's, motif in my life. That's pretty funny because I just, I don't know. We were talking about the Shiva and I was like, I remember you posting about this Ocho Cinco thing. It was crazy, uh, though. Like, how fast it happened. It was like, you want to play? Yeah, sure. All right. Where are you at? I'll be there in two hours. Okay. Come to my room. Let's do this. And then he's sitting there smoking a cigar, just chilling. It's awesome. The power of social media, man. Just, I know. It brings people together. Getting to play. The great connector. And divider, yeah. At the same time, to say. <laughs> but anyway, all right. So we went through that, went through finals. You're back, uh, Mystique, blah blah blah. I guess over all the years that I was at X, there was this. It was kind of a joke when I was there about like, oh, Rhythm X, MCM, like blah blah blah, back and forth. And when I was there, it wasn't really a thing like it was just like all right whatever yeah we kind of make fun of them i'm sure they make fun of us but i guess back in the day mcm and rhythm x had more disagreements or just kind of like back and forth pranks and stuff yeah but did you guys ever like even talk about that sort of stuff or like like oh we got to beat rhythm x or anything like that yeah i mean we wanted to beat everyone right so it, it's kind of funny that, like, so we made a joke of it because some people are like that at Mystique. And I'm sure there's maybe a few at Rhythm X who's like, they're like, fuck X. I can't stand them. Want to beat them so bad. Right. And, like, people just have a disdain for it. There's not a lot anymore. There, as you said, there was a ton back then. But, like, there's some kids at Mystique, like, they're bred and they're, bo- like, they're born into it. Right. Like, the middle schools they go to, the high schools they go to in Nashville, they're, like, taught by, mystique people from day one and they get there and i don't want to say brainwash but like they're like so like hardcore mystique lovers that like they just hate everyone else it's the weirdest like it's not a big percentage of mystique but there is a decent amount of like mystique elitists who like think they're the only group that does anything good for instance i won't say a name but in 2012 right like we're in second it's semi's night we're going to, you know, we're rehearsing for the second to last time. We're losing the RCC. And this vet comes in. He's like, hey, you guys are the best. No one else is anywhere near you. Like, these guys suck. The guys beating you suck. No one else does anything right. I'm like, what? Like, they're pretty good. Like, I watched <laughs> them. Like, I can maybe objectively say they're better than us, right? Um, do I want to beat them tomorrow? Yeah. But, like, it's a weird line of thinking where, like, they just think they're the best. And they are a lot of the times, but like they, they don't a lot of not a lot, but some that's like don't respect other forms of of drumming, other styles, you know, other styles of shows. So it's weird. So that goes a little bit, and then specifically X, yeah, there's a few that hate it, um, that that do that, but not a lot. Like we'll jokingly say it, some of us, but we don't truly believe it. We actually yeah. in 2012 to make fun of us hating um re- x randomly we just randomly picked another group to hate and that group was arcadia high school 
So some, <laughs> so, <laughs> so some of us would just walk around and we'd see, and we want to do this publicly, but we just like see each other and we'd be like, yo man, fuck Arcadia. And it's just like, ah. Uh, it was it was kind of funny, but yeah, I don't. I'm not sure that exists a lot anymore. But I, so. I think it's even less and less like by the years go on too. Because yeah. my first year there, there was a, in 2010, MCM did the show Fantastique, and yeah. somehow, of course, someone in our group got into Mystique's YouTube login that year, like early season <laughs> that they were posting all their that they had been posting all their rehearsal videos and stuff in. Yeah, because this isn't exactly what it was, but it was something along the lines of their username was like MCM 2010 and the password was like the show title Fantastic. So, yeah, put that together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, they downloaded all the Mystique rehearsal videos and then just posted them publicly like out there. That's bad. See, that's a bad thing. (laughs) That's a little different. I think it's so they they got pissed. Um, but then in like 2011, 2012, like a lot of those people like aged out even then. Cause there was eight snare vet or there eight age outs in the 2010 snare line. So it just kind of like died off. And by the end of 2012, we're just like, yeah, we don't really care anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. That's how it was. in like, I don't know. You, and like lot- I knew Luke and I knew Drew and I knew like a bunch of people. Yeah. You know, so you know, it's, you're, you're just friends that just happen to live geographically in different places. Um, yeah, and like half the blue coat snare line then was like half was marching X and half was marching Mystique. It's like, yep. and then yep. they come back together in the summer. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I didn't see it a lot. I mean, but there's there's just some, and I think that's, I don't know, that's one of the weird things about Mystique. It's a great place, so it gets you better. But like that, that vibe, and and some people like internalize that a little too much and they almost become like elitist because of it which some other people do as well in the activity for sure for sure it's strange so i I got a quick question did you guys rehearse a lot yeah go ahead mike no i'll wait a second go ahead did we rehearse a lot yeah like as a as a group or as like well i guess that's very subjective to say but yeah Everybody just said would always talk about like you guys like rehearsed like had super long blocks and went in the middle of the night and like nah we mm. yeah I mean we we would we would rarely go past eleven um, saying like officially uh, normally it's pretty standard like seven to eleven nine to ten nine to eleven on Saturdays nine to three something like that on Sunday but where we really got our ass kicked wasn't in rehearsal it was afterwards all the sectionals that we would have on pads and things like that. Those bad boys, like we want to go home and hang out some one year, my first year we didn't, we went home and we drummed until like three, eight until like 3. AM. Jesus. Like, like regimented, pragmatic chop outs, primers, book chunks from like, I'm talking like 12 to 3. AM. <laughs> we're at the wow. bar. Eventually, yeah, we're at the bar or house return. parties or, yeah. Well, so my question I was going to ask you is the years that I was in X in 11 and 12, around the same, the same time you were in Mystique, I always got the opinion, talk, we were talking about every group's doing different stuff, hits the drum differently, different styles, whatever. I always felt like Mystique, at least in those years, kind of played in a box. 
if that makes sense. The yeah. snare line. Do you feel the same or? I think I think by design, and they they still kind of do it. I mean, I don't know the, the same. Different people are teaching there, so it could be different. Um, but just technically, right from a mechanic standpoint, they they don't incorporate a lot of arm or flow. At least when I marched, like we did a little yeah, bit more yeah. in thirteen, but it's like so wrist driven. And I think that was like the best thing for me to kind of backtrack a little bit to go to Mystique because before I was at Mystique in my head, like I kind of went through phases where like. I wanted. I saw blue coats. So wait, I wanted to be a blue coat so bad, and then I, I I wanted to be a Renick dude. So I like formed this like version of Renick hands of my own. Like I watched these videos, and I was like super army, and like I thought that was what drumming like a Renick dude was all about. So I got really good at it, like my version of Renick. Um, and then I tried to do the Renick route. I went to Boston, wasn't for me, uh, and then went to Mystique, and like they're very wrist oriented, right? So they wrist it so much to almost to where like they almost think about not using the arm to a detriment like sometimes it's natural to use that that bad boy yeah. but they like don't right and i think that helped me a lot personally because it taught me the dexterity in my wrist and built up those muscles that i haven't been doing because of the way i drum but on the on the the bad side i guess is yeah sometimes it, it is played in a box um i think 11 I think they, they showed a good amount of dynamic range. That's one of my favorite shows of all time. Right? I think they, but once again, it's just a different style, right? They don't use a ton of arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I do think they what did a good 11? job. Mantra. Mantra. Oh, okay. I think they did a good job of you know, exploring all the dynamic ranges and looking natural, maybe a little bit more natural. In 12, yeah, we, it was the strangest thing. We came out in January and we were balling. We were but Like, if you, wa- if you type in, Music City Mystique 2012 first lot. It is nuts. We are so clean and we play comfortably. We play normal heights. But somehow during the season, we just decided to not go over nine inches. I don't know how it <laughs> happened. But especially being on the end, like everything we did was like nine to three, six to three. Like we couldn't go any higher or we'd be told we're overbalancing. It was the strangest thing. So yeah, definitely in 12, I think we played in the box. 11. Maybe, but generally, I think stylistically, yeah. I think it's a lot more, almost like so refined, like so visually and aesthetically trying to look the exact same with the wrists and the mechanics that it does end up kind of being in that box you're talking about. Yeah. Makes sense. I got you. Cool. But now, obviously, it sounds like you have a slightly modified uh pedagogy or methodology of both that you probably i would say adopt to what you do now with aq yeah no exactly and i and i think that's like what i really enjoyed about like my progression is like a lot of how i got better was just like me doing stuff on my own and me like trying to emulate what i would seen and like being wrong or being kind of right and then just being exposed to different stuff, like being exposed when I was at Terminus, right, that that embarrassingly bad world-class group I told you about. Um, clown my instru- King. <laughs> yeah, Clown King. Captain Clown, baby. Um, I got taught by a guy named Lance Kendall, who's incredible. He's an incredible solo snare drummer. He marched Phantom 03, um, Harmonic Journey. He was a blast. He marched Blast for a long time, was like one of their solo snare drummers. He taught me a ton about touch and velocity and 
And like he he used a good amount of wrist and arm. And that's kind of where I like learned a decent amount about balance, decent amount about velocity and, and all this and like natural arm. And and I kind of went overboard and tried to make my version of Rennick. And then I went to Mystique, right? And I learned all this wrist stuff. And then I went to Blue Coats and learned all this flow stuff and incorporating natural arm and Mike Jackson and all these these different approaches. And it allowed me, I think, to like pick and choose what I liked, pick and choose what I disagreed with, and just like I think form the the best way that I like to drum. And then, you know, there was a guy that taught with me at at Atlanta Quest a couple years ago, a guy named Aaron Fisher. Um, and he, this is even after I stopped, after I aged out. Right now, I'm just teaching. He he was an SEV rented guy for like five years, and he's the the head snare tech there. I think the head guy at at SEV now. And I even learned some stuff from him that I incorporated. So. I mean, I, I, I learn, I, I like, and I tell, I tell kids to like, try to march different places. Yeah. I was getting ready to say, I'm kind of of the same vein where I didn't stick around. I mean, I did two years at X, but I did like three different high level groups that all played differently. So mm-hmm. the same vein of what you're talking about, I was exposed to all different kinds of touches, different levels of velocity, different balances you had to fit in approach to the drum. And I think it's allowed me to, like you said, develop a way that I like to drum and a system and a way to teach kids how to drum uh, in a way that will allow them to go to a lot of different places. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, we've got kids at Atlanta quest, right. And they all come from different places. Um, you know, and they're all scattered all, all around the country right now, auditioning at crown and Mandarin spirit and blue devils and blue coats and Crossmen and all this stuff, SEV. Um, and they're all doing pretty well. Um, because I think, you know, we, we work on a couple things that uh, I think translate across a lot of different things. And obviously they got to tweak, you know, some stuff. But but yeah. I think a lot of what I teach is like a hodgepodge of a lot of stuff I've learned um, that takes pieces from each thing, uh, from each experience. So, you know, but if you march Atlanta Quest, don't leave to march anywhere else. But <laughs> if you're listening to this, but um, if you're anywhere speak. else, you know, try yeah. to get some other exposure and then maybe learn. Um, you know, I think the dudes that just like, you know, march the indoor group with the one guy and then march the outdoor group with the one guy and they just do like seven, eight seasons with like one staff. Like I get that. It's fun. But, you know, you're, they're getting really great at one thing and they're mastering it. But I think like long term, I think there's some value in marching different places. Yeah, and I, I think I you'll do that naturally. Like if you started a lower group, learn a little bit here, get your you know, step up to this group and whatnot, kind of while you build, I think it may happen naturally, but yeah, it's kind of cool. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I think that speaking of like kids going over, I was supposed to go up to cap city this weekend, but they only have two snare drummers that are going to be there. Cause six oh. of the other ones are at drum core camps. So I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not all... coming up this weekend guys. <laughs> I'll come up again later. Um, but yeah, I almost marched uh blue coast just cause I left, I was going to leave crown and be like, ah, I just want to do something different. And yeah. I know, like, Ryan Ellis did Spirit and did Blue Coats for two years and then left Blue Coats and go watch BD. So people just want to feed their feed their brain, man, feed their knowledge, which is good. Yeah. Yep. Unless you're marching Atlanta Quest, don't leave. Unless you hit, don't leave, stay. Yeah, stay. Except that, except that I may try to steal you away. <laughs> you're 0 for 1. <laughs> 0 for 1. <laughs> yeah. That was a pretty, uh, was a pretty unusual scenario. But <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But, well, speaking of that, so you, how many years now have you been teaching at AQ? This is six. This is my sixth. 
Dang, I didn't realize it had been that long. You so probably you started, started right when you aged out, right? Yeah, so I aged, yeah, I aged out in 2013. And then I was actually going to teach at Palmetto Percussion, which is now Equinox. They were the group. Rip. Yeah, RIP. Um, they were the group in South Carolina a little bit away. And I don't even know who hooked me up there. Like, I had a friend, Elliot Cleveland, who lived up there. He, he's Marching Health. You know Marching Health? I have seen that. That dude who's like a physical therapist and posts yeah. all the, uh, yeah. That's him. So he was a friend of mine. Um, and I, maybe he got me the gig. Maybe it was my friend Steve Nelson. But I was going to teach at Palmetto, actually, uh, for the 2014 season. And unfortunately, my mom got sick. Um, and I decided, like, I couldn't drive three hours, right, two and a half hours. I, I was going to stay closer. So I hit up my friend Zach, the aforementioned Zach Marshall, who was the visual guy there. He started in 13. So I hate you guys need a snare tech. And um, he got me in there, and I started in 14. And I got I lucked out, man. That was the first year they went from open to world class, um, and we came out balling. Um, it was crazy. We had ten snares. One was a quad drummer who was like never used traditional grip before. Uh, he's just barely <laughs> hanging on. Like he's he watered the book himself, and like I knew it, but I didn't tell him to not because I know he <laughs> actually play what was on the page right so like he's like taking flams out and stuff this dude is taking grace notes out you know he's he's checking <laughs> rolls in the back of forms you know he's he's doing a lot <laughs> i'm dead and That's we all awesome yeah i know what's happening but like i don't even care i'm like this is you made a business decision thank you sir that's <laughs> that was smart it's best game. for the group yeah well done well done um but yeah so we started in Came out hot, man. We started in eighth. Came out in eighth my first year, uh, which was crazy. Crazy first experience. And then that was kind of involved. I was like the number two snare tech. And, you know, l- luckily I've been fortunate to have kind of worked my way up the, the ranks, I guess, um, over time. And I think 16 is when I started running the battery uh, with Anya there with me, kind of my co-pilot. Um, but, yeah, five years. Um Five years in a row, we've made finals, which is pretty cool. Um, do I wish we were closer to eighth every year than fifteenth? Yes, I do. But uh, it's been a lot of fun. So yeah, year six. Well, we've talked about this many times too, but eighth place five years ago is probably honestly about what the equivalent of twelve through fourteen is now. It's just. Yeah, yeah way it's so much competitive. more competitive and that's not to downplay what you all did that first year but that, i mean to me the fact is the average ability and clarity and show design level of world-class groups has just exponentially grown in the past 10 years i would agree i would agree i mean there's some there's some shows that i think just like are gonna be awesome no matter what yeah. like for me like rhythm xo way you put that thing on the floor right now i'm giving it first Period. That show is perfect. It's a very uh, well-designed show. Yeah, love that show. Same with, like, MCM 11. You put that thing, I love it. But, yeah, I agree. I think in general, especially visual packages, sound design. I think the weirdest thing is I think the best groups don't play as well as they used to. Like, uh, I would agree with that. I yes. think I agree with that statement. But I think the middle to, to back half of them do play way better than they used to. Uh-huh. Like, if I'm, like, watching 10th place in, like, 2005, like – Odds are they suck. Yep. Um, but, like, we watch 10th place now, and maybe I'm, like, biased because we're, like, chilling in, like, 13th and stuff. Um, but, like, I- I'll watch some group. Now, there's there's a couple where I'm, like, how is 
how is this happening? Like, why <laughs> is this in finals? I don't, I can't understand. Yeah. But I would say generally, like the mid, the mid range dudes are better than they used to be. What's uh? What was tenth place this past year? What was that? Oh, I'm looking it up. The I'm plane show. Oh, tenth place was Monarch. Ninth strike was ninth. Okay, oh. we'll, we'll move past that. Yep. Um, uh-huh. like, Doing big things don't... in Texas. My boy. But like, Matrix was eighth and United seventh. Like, well, I don't know if Matrix is. The best example of, of the mid grades playing well last year. Is this going to turn into a Matrix hate what? party? White noise. All right. Oh. <laughs> um, going. But you had like GMU 12th, PAL percussion 11th. I mean, yeah, the quality of the middle of the pack has yeah. just gotten way better. Yeah, I would I would agree. So. I would say on average the the best groups play a little bit worse. Say so the middle and the, the the back half of the groups are playing way better. And quad lines are just not as good. I but baselines are but no. baselines are way better. Yeah, I think baselines are baselines are, better, are everybody sure. every kid can split hand to hands these days. It's but not, nobody can play around. Yep. It's crazy. They every baseline is so good. In terms of just like splitting stuff. Now balance and all that, whatever. Yeah. But every baseline just splits whatever they want, whenever they want. It's crazy. It's wild. I don't even know how you can judge it and you can differentiate. It's like, yeah, yeah. you guys did you they did don't. all the things. They don't. <laughs> The, the judges just say yeah base nice <laughs> like they don't know the, they don't know the difference you can't tell it half the time it's just so fast yeah yeah there are more bass drummers that can play hand to hands than quad drummers can play three inches guaranteed without a doubt without <laughs> a doubt <laughs> and it might be a by a factor of 10 like it may not even be close <laughs> it's probably not uh... close <laughs> Well, it's actually very ironic. We were talking with Anya a little bit about that last week and just why, but we're just like, we don't know. But I just think that bass drum has become, it's like the trend thing right now. It's like, yeah, everybody wants to do it. Yeah, it's well, cool. Everybody, everybody wants to put snare splits in, which I hate. I'm cool with uh, one, man. You give me one cool snare split, I'm down with it. I, That's I don't it. think it ever sounds good. I'm not, I mean... Well, you didn't like Cavaliers nine different snare drums, just <laughs> fifteen different times. In that. No. Oh, it was so overused. No, they beat no, that horse to death. Yeah, but I, I am excited about the Cavaliers having the uh, Max Schreiber dynamic. Oh my god, dude, that's going to be unstoppable. I oh man, I can't Eric wait. Schreiber. I can't what wait. Guy. What a guy! He's a genius. He's the best. He's the best snare tech I've ever had. I would like, probably agree with that. That dude's ears are nuts. He just hears things. He's he's a monster. Yeah, that's gonna be crazy. Yep. I'm excited yep. for that. Yep. So yeah, we're jumping all over the place, but in your regards, this is kind of like a personal thing I've noticed because I've been out of the game for a while. Like I taught in 2013, and then I took a hiatus, and now I'm teaching again, uh, back in WGI at least, and you've been in it from 13 till now but i feel like just going through like this whole audition process and like finding kids and like you're recruiting kids you're like yeah we got to be competitive we got to recruit we got to talk to these kids during the summer during the fall like hey you coming up to audition this that this and that but man these kids are mad flaky when it comes to just like yeah i'm gonna do this group yeah i think i don't know if they're flakier than we than we like our age was but I, 
I know when I was marching, like no snare techs like reached down to me, right? Like no one actually. I don't. I don't know if people actively recruited or if it was just the members that recruited, right? Um, I don't know. Maybe it did happen. Maybe battery coordinators were reaching out to everyone and saying, "Hey, come march my group." I never but, got reached out to unless I was a vet. Yeah, exactly. I, I never really had that happen. But once again, I had a pretty quick stint, right? I was only at the highest level for three seasons. That's true. I'm, I was the same way, 10, 11, and 12. It was a yeah. short little window. Yeah, exactly. So um, I don't know. I think we probably noticed them flaking more. I, I imagine, you know, back in 07, 08, kids flaked, but you you weren't talking to them on Facebook, and they weren't in an audition group saying, I'm so excited, and then they don't show up and then go to another group or whatever. Um so I don't know, maybe, maybe, but well, like, or even like, I don't know if you've had these experience, but we had like two kids <laughs> quit. Like, yeah, they made it and then they quit, and I was like, wait, what? I just remember yeah. as a, I guess maybe it's me personally, but if I got offered a spot, I was just like, yeah, there's no way that I'm not doing this. At yeah, all. like, yeah, that's pretty much how I was. Yeah, I don't think kids, man, and I sound old, right? I'm about to be 28, but I sound old. We are I think, old, TJ. We are yeah. old. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't think the average kid, like, has that level of, of responsibility and, like, accountability in them. Like, they think, like, they get to retake tests in high school if you fail it, right? You get to do all this stuff. Um, and it's so, like, centered around them feeling good and them being okay. That, like, they feel they can just do whatever they want to make them feel better. So they can just quit. They can just commit to something and then bail um, rather than, like, being accountable and being responsible and handling your business, right? So I think it's a cultural, a slight cultural thing, but I think it's also we probably just see it more than than they do. Like, probably we see the person, like we see their name, we've talked to them with a few messages, they've expressed excitement, and they flake. I don't think that happens ten years ago. Um, but I don't know. True. Yeah, we, we've that had kid, we had a kid quit every year from fifteen, sixteen. I think 16, 17, 18, we had a kid quit every year. Yeah, 16. <laughs> yeah, kid ran out of money in 16. 17. Yeah, kid just wasn't hanging and he knew it and he bailed. And then 18, we had a kid come in, drum course stud. And then, like, he was like, ah, oh, school's kicking my ass. So, I don't know. I also think it's way more expensive than it used to be. Like, it's a burden. It's a lot of money. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Like, it's a pretty big financial commitment to, like, pay the dues and get there especially like talking with kids who are doing drum corps now these days they're talking about their camp fees and their tour fees i'm like wait what how how much does it cost yeah dude and i'm just like whoa so i think like they're excited and they really want to do it and they audition and then they realize like the reality of you know for indoor and i think our dues are cheap ours are like 1200 um like they see like the the reality of having to pay fifteen sixteen hundred bucks like oh shit or the reality of having to pay thirty five hundred bucks to march drum corps and they you know they get afraid and they bail or whatever I don't know um, and then they're looking at like the, oh I gotta get there too like the gas each weekend or this and that yeah, yeah. it's crazy like I was very fortunate uh, to have the support of my parents to march drum corps but dude like I was looking at some of these kids like tour packets and their tour fees and I was like mm mm that's huh. like that's like how much I bought my car for when I was 16. Yeah. How do kids do it years in a row? Like, I did too, and I thought that was a lot of people. Like, oh, yeah, I'm marching my sixth year. I'm like, you just spent money. Like you spent a, a down payment on a house. <laughs> yeah. So have yeah. your ass kicked all summer. 
Yeah. Ugh. I don't think Drumcore is a sustainable model. One, for financially, and two, all the stuff coming out. Shit storm of stuff coming down yeah, the do pipe. We, do we want to spend some time addressing that elephant in the room, or you want to leave it alone? I mean, we can if you want. I don't care. Basically, I mean, you're talking about that uh, that most recent article about Mike Stevens that came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I didn't read it. I, I saw I the. I skimmed it. I saw the thumbnail. That was that was like today, for reference. Yeah, it, it was, came out today. It came out yeah. today. Uh, basically, yeah. from what I from what I like skimmed and read in it. Um, oh, I read it. You read the whole thing. Well, then I'll let you yeah, talk read, and summarize it. I read the whole thing. It's basically uh, a few different accounts of women who were recanting their experiences with Mike, both in high school and from OCI indoor and outdoor. And him like taking advantage of his position. Of course, these are, I'll be very legal about it, all allegations against him, and nothing has been proven, but it's pretty indicative and repetitive. So, my opinion is it doesn't sound good for sure. Um, and I think that the amount of stuff that's coming out recently, obviously with George Hopkins and just others that I know of offhand that have not been made public yet. So I'll hold off on that. It's not going to be good for the activity, and DCI has been unregulated in that regard for so long that I'm sure there's just tons of stories like this out there. It's just the weirdest like environment in the world. Yeah. It's just so weird. Like if when you think about it outside of your scope of understanding the activity, and you just explain it to a normal person on the street. Yeah, 14 to 21 to 22 year olds. Live together on a bus. And then you have staff members that are probably, that are a lot of them are 22, 23. Yeah. I mean, it was, I, I was on tour with the Bluecoats for two weeks after I aged out in 2012. I volunteered on the sous truck for like three days with uh, my friend Josh Sneed. And then they asked me to stick around for two weeks because they were light on visual staff uh, for the next two weeks. And there was a girl in the color guard that I had marched with. Now, I'll, disclaimer, nothing ever happened between us. We were friends. But because I was back on tour again, she was marching her age out. I had just staged out. And we were hanging out and talking and shooting the shit from time to time. It didn't take that happening for a day of me being around that the core director approached the, uh, Tim Jackson, the visual caption head, and like they pulled me to the side and they were like, hey, you cannot associate inappropriately with the children. And from everything I've heard, the blue coats I think, have always had a pretty firm stance on that and policed it pretty well. But it was kind of eye-opening and made me really think, like, that's got to be weird. Like, you have staff members all the time who might have been dating members that are still in the core when they were marching the year summer before. So yeah. how do you handle that? I don't know. It's just a weird, yeah, it's just a weird dynamic. I and like I was, I was actually having a conversation uh, with Mike um, and somebody else earlier, just like recanting things that I did when I was in drum corps. And I'm like my age out or my 21 year old year, I hadn't aged out, but I was 21 at the time living on a bus and sleeping in the same building as like 16 and 17 year olds. I'm like, I have to change and get ready for the show on the bus. So here I am changing. They're changing. We're all together. They're minors. Like, I'm considered an adult. I'm like, this is probably, like, thinking back on now, it's like, that's not a good situation. No. <laughs> now, now, to be fair, you should be able to, to do the right thing, right? Like, even in those conditions. And I think the majority yeah, of people do. If the you're majority a good of us person, do. Yeah, you do the right thing. Um, 
but yeah, no, it's it's just it's a it's weird just, environment, and I it's I, a lot of blurred lines. I don't know, like if I had a kid in high school, I probably wouldn't tell. I I wouldn't let him. That's weird. That's I don't weird. Think I would. If yeah. I had a high school kid that wanted to march, I may be willing to let them march in open class group because the average age is probably high school age of a lot of open class groups. Uh, you're probably still going to have some college kids, but the majority are going to be high school. So I, I would be very hesitant to let a child march like a top 12 world-class core um, as a high school student still. Yeah. Now, if you're if you're in college, yeah, do you think? But yeah, high or 18, school. whatever. Yeah, it's a little weird. I don't know. But it'll be interesting. I, I think that in the next handful of years will – We'll witness a lot of changes in the the drum corps activity. So um, I, saw, so I, I, I wouldn't some... be completely surprised if it was like, all right, you have to be eighteen to do this. Yeah, I that was something that somebody earlier that I think it was when you and I were talking to our friend, he proposed it was like it might end up being eighteen to twenty two only. That's a Here's simple solution. Yeah, simple it is. Solution. So we'll see. Yeah, but time apart will from it being financially apart from that it's like also financially like how are they starting to pay for this stuff it's expensive to travel it's expensive to do this drum corps lose housing independent groups lose housing like that's a housing (laughs) every group's nightmare but anyway that that was the most relative i guess or most recent thing of the activity that popped up today again (laughs) yeah well gentlemen Anybody got anything else? Evan, is there anything on the roadmap we skipped over or haven't hit yet? Uh, the only thing else we skipped over was uh, I had something written on here, Zaxby's or Kane's. So <laughs> I have for the last two or three years, two or three years, TJ, what do you think? I think three. Three years. Uh, TJ and some of the crew from Atlanta Quest always drive up uh, straight up 75, I-75 towards Dayton from Atlanta for WGI Finals. And my house, the city of Richmond, where I live, just happens to be a good uh, stopping point for some dinner food before they finish out the last leg of their trip. <laughs> we always meet up at Cane's uh, and get uh, raising Cane's and have some food and hang out and just catch up for a quick half hour or something. But I noticed on your Facebook, did you used to work at Zaxby's? No doubt. I worked for <laughs> Yeah. I worked there so for now I, high school. Now I have to ask. Which is better, Zaxby's or Cane's? Oh, it's no contest. It's Cane's all day. It's the Cane sauce, <laughs> The Cane sauce. The sauce. It's, so the, it's strange. Everything is its the exact same stuff, but Cane's just does it better. Like the, <laughs> the sauce is pretty much the same damn sauce, but Cane's is eight times better. The chicken is objectively way better. The fries are objectively way better. The bread I like a little bit more at Cane's, but... I could get the argument for Zaxby's, but no, it's it's no contest. Like it's a runaway. Canes all day. <laughs> and so, it's it's thanks. funny, man. Like the executive director and the dude that writes the beats at at uh, Atlanta Quest, a guy named Alan Sears. Um, he's a big big Zaxby's fan, and I, I I sell the hell out of Canes. Like I sell it every time we go to Kentucky or um, Ohio. We went to Mississippi for my bachelor party. Um, and we had to go to Cane's, and I was like, "Yo, this place is incredible." And he was—he was really, really—I don't know—he wasn't buying it. He, he was making sure that he didn't buy in too much because he loves Zaxby's. But he—he he went one time. He was like, "Damn, like 
it's not even close. It's a runaway. <laughs> it's, just, it's just night and day. Oh, man. <laughs> night funny. and day. Yeah. Oh, man. What about uh, we'll you? We'll have to do that again this year, man. Do you guys have Zaxby's out there? Yeah, we do have Zaxby's. Yeah, we do. I, I don't go, but we have it. Yeah, Canes is way better. Yeah, it's not even close. <laughs> well, but yeah, we've been going for about an hour and 15 minutes coming up on now. You guys, I don't think I've got anything else. I think we covered a lot of stuff. and Yeah, I pretty much made it through my list, some stuff that wasn't on the list here. And Chad Ochocinco definitely got it in there, so I was yeah, glad I funny. did not forget that. It's funny because we always get off and we're like, oh, man. There was something that I forgot to say, but whatever. <laughs> no, it's all good. What was it we forgot to ask Anya about? Oh, teaching we, Blue We Nights, never talked but... about his Tim teaching. Like, we yeah. totally <laughs> forgot and glossed over it. Like, I texted got, you. Is we, we teaching just in general? Teaching we got drums. entranced like, with Anya just... talking about being on, being an actor now and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I listened to that. He was just, yeah, it was a lot of talking him, or talking about being on Captain America, which I think is cooler than teaching drums. Well, what's, <laughs> I tried to find the scene. I googled that scene he was talking about. Was he ever on camera? I don't Probably, know. but I don't know. I couldn't find it. Anya, correct me. Tell me where it you is. Did, you didn't miss anything. I'm not a. I'm not a. I'm not, I'm, sorry, I'm not talking about. You didn't miss anything about Anya. I'm saying if we didn't talk about something with me, I'm not a very deep dude. So I, there's not like a lot of crazy wisdom that I would throw at you. No, it's 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 been a good one. It's been an enjoyable. Enjoyable podcast. I hadn't talked to you in forever. I'm going to come down to Kane's because everything's huh. about an hour and a half away. When you guys I talked drive to up you in April. What? I talked to you in April. You were in our lot. Well, yeah, but that was like eight months ago. I guess you're right. That is a long time. Yeah, eight months is not a short <laughs> period of time. <laughs> no, you're right. No, but we'll, I'll, I'm going to come down when you guys stop at Kane's again and I'll hang out. And then we'll, we'll, I'll be at WGI Finals again and Evan as well, too. So. All right. uh, we'll get to hang out. Yeah, when we come up to that terrible regional in Highlands Heights. Um, oh, my God. Got, that's right. It's Wait, just, what? It's just a shambles. Um, what what is the Mideast? Uh, the, yeah, it used to be at WKU. Now it's at NKU. Oh. It's just an, it's an embarrassment. What that WGI took an event. Diddle like Arena. Arena. Yeah, that's and moved arena. it to somewhere else. Like, come on. Well, we don't know. W. It might have been WKU that forced them out. It might not have been WGI's decision. I don't know. I did look no. at WKU's schedule last year. It was wide open on the same weekend. Oh, man. That's a shame. They had to be making money. So, yeah, whatever. I don't know. But, yeah, so we go up twice, Fantini. We go up right. once in March and once in April. Evan, is Cap City going to the what, Mid-South Regional? I have no idea. Probably. All right. I would think so. Not too far. Closer than Atlanta Bust is. Yep. For sure. All right. Well, let's close this out. So thank you, everybody, for uh, listening to us again, as always. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. uh, Follow us on Podbean, Instagram, Spotify. uh, Like us on Facebook. And we will just see everybody again in a couple weeks. Peace.